Welcome back to an all new installment of Super Metal Brothers here in the old podcast. I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We're here talking news, reviews, and so much more. But first, let's check in with Super Metal Brother Dan. How you going, Danny? Yeah, pretty awesome, Matt. I've just uh, we have another big exciting news. We did another band that we interviewed. Our first band we have interviewed, and South Australian band. Oh, the longer I go, I keep divulging information. So Matt, you might have to stop me here, man. No, I was going to wait it out. <laughs> oh, man, anticipation. I was actually getting excited and I interviewed him. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, so. so what we're going to do first, though, is we're going to jump straight into the major headlines that have made the metal news. Let's start it right from the top and a victory for all those who have been sold fraudulent tickets, Danny. Yeah, apparently this guy thought he was uh, trying to be clever and sell fraudulent tickets to our Black Sabbath concert. I mean, to be fair, selling fraudulent tickets to Black Sabbath concerts, your, your market is really diminishing. Shannon Michael Sieber was arrested for ticket sales for not only Black Sabbath, but he was also done for like Barbara Streisand, Adele, and yeah. Drake. So he covered all boards, yeah. really. Yeah, he's diversifying his bonds, man. It's in a, in a time when there's a recession, you really need that good each marketplace. So. <laughs> and those well, Barbara Streisand, they're rich. They're rich people. Oh, absolutely. He would have sold those tickets for a cool little mint, but uh, sucks to be you. Nah, just kidding. Good on you for the cops of a taking I think you should down. get at least 50 years. Oh. Yeah, 50. Boo, boo. Yeah, could you imagine how frustrated you are? Like, the last ever, you know, see the last ever show with Black Sabbath? Nah, psych, you know. Oh, it's terrible, man. I, we were very nervous when we went to go see Rainbow. I had to That's buy right. my tickets over, like, apparently in Europe, I don't know if you know these people, but in Europe they have proper scalping websites, which are run by, like, the major ticketing companies. Oh, I was really nervous. I had to buy the Rainbow tickets through that, and we got, I was sweating buckets before we gave our tickets through, and getting getting through the gates, I was more happy than actually seeing Rainbow. Yeah, so you get the tickets to go to an overseas concert, right? They cost you up to sort of two or uh, three hundred bucks, right? Yeah, terrible. And then all of a sudden, you, you only take in consideration that it's not exactly a car ride either. So then you're forking two to three grand on just getting to it. All of a sudden, this concert is a little bit more expensive than just the scalping yeah, prices. You gotta think if that ticket's not valid, man, you're gonna be oh, crying. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about um, another uh, new actual arrival now with Cradle of Filth in the sense that they're actually talking a new album and returning to their roots in the song Aching Beautiful with like a haunting middle section, like stuff from Dusk and Her Embrace, the renowned uh, black metal album back in the 90s. Danny, you excited for this next Cradle of Filth release? Oh, look, I've never been the biggest Cradle of Filth fan, but they've got a great following and I guess a lot of the old school guys will be happy they're going back to their roots and I guess I think what, they've done like 11 albums or something, so yeah, I guess yeah. eventually you need to go back back to some sort of familiarity. You've done so much, I think you're eventually going to repeat yourself. Well, if uh, Cradle of Filth in the Black Metal doesn't interest you, the next band sure will. Behemoth are eyeing out another album in 2017. Now, they uh, went out and said that it's going to take as long as it takes. In fact, they are not very confident in their own writing abilities to make it short. Sometimes it takes months, half a year, a whole year for the process just to record and also write and record the album, Danny. Well, yeah, this is true, especially they're going to on the last couple of albums they've really been changing their sound so again if they're trying to find a new sound get all I don't know what they're trying to do then, I don't yeah. think uh, Negral can get cancer again he <laughs> <laughs> might win some Ari Awards <laughs> I mean what we can really unlucky I mean, we'll get some inspired music but I imagine he would just want to you know just bite it out with the guys and just see what happens I guess I'm waiting for he, he's got a barbershop I'm waiting for him to do like a barbershop quartet thing you know, that'd be quite a nice change of pace well, a band that uh, had a lot of uh, writing on them back in the day, Trivium, uh, especially Matt Heathy, the guy who pretty much front-runned it, he actually talked about in an interview about being the next Metallica. Now, um, he goes on to say that it's something that he wanted to be as a kid. He wants to be a metal band that can play in big arenas. But uh, he also said to this day he doesn't want to do it like his heroes. But he, I guess he, in saying that, Matt Heathy, he kind of did emulate Metallica for a while, especially in his voice. But then with David Draham, you know, he started to sound a bit like him. The songs changed into like a new metal metalcore kind of thing. 
Yeah, I mean, reading the interview or the article itself, to be fair on him, he said that they were the next Metallica, but he was like 18 years old when he said that. So we say a lot of things when we're 18 years old. I'm pretty sure most of us were going to be like famous rock stars and have like 20 groupies and stuff. And Yeah, I'd be happy just to lose my virginity at 18, but uh, <laughs> hey, 32 years old now and uh, you know, any ladies out there <laughs> or fellas, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <why> <laughs> we can't be desperate in the economy we're having at the oh, moment. This is it, man, yeah. yeah let's talk about uh, In Flames as well. Now, we're talking just new albums at the moment, but a lot of it's been dropping, you know, especially in September. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun interviewing, but In Flames have dropped two songs over the past month, uh, one called The End and one called The Truth. Now, some fans are quick to divulge that it sounds like the older stuff particularly come clarity but Danny what do we have to say about it yeah it's good it sounds like the old stuff I think I think all these damn new young millennial kids they don't understand that things existed before they were born like hipsters hipsters are like oh we created the uh, coffee and the uh, cycling fest like really the Tour de France we have a hundred years you moron <laughs> we, that's a tell between coffees for like more than that so no so I think these millennials don't understand that yes people can exist before they they were yeah to jump back to the album though when fans say it sounds like Clem Clarity I'm gonna have to stop them right there it sounds like the last two albums because that production value does not sound like Clem Clarity the new the production album the last three particularly the last two particularly Flames albums are very clean they're very crisp to the point of almost being sound a little bit hollow but these last songs they are good songs in the sense that they are memorable they're back to being sad as well yeah so it looks like we have uh, Cradle of Filth going back to their old roots In Flames going back to their old roots but unfortunately Metallica missed the boat on that one <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah oh, they, they, they uh yeah good old metallica huh but let's talk about uh and some more bigger icons in the metal oh, industry because that's good, what we're talking good about tie-in, good tie-in. the new statue lemmy obviously deceased member of metalhead he was actually unreal the statue was unveiled at the rainbow dang yeah rainbow bar and grill I, I was lucky enough to visit the rainbow bar and grill but to be fair i went there like at 12 30 so for lunch so he was probably still in bed when i went there so <laughs> I, I was unlucky enough not to to miss him when I went to my travels, but yeah, I mean, I think he kept that place afloat. I ha- have you seen the statue? I have seen a photo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And what did you think? Because that got some very polarizing opinions. What were your impressions of it? Oh, look, I thought it looked like him, so it's always a good start. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it looked quite good. I thought it uh, did well to emulate what, he, what he's like, you know, and just it was just a strong statue. But a lot of people were like, well, it's not fun and that. Like, what? What? You can get the statue to do a, uh, an acapella number with like the guys from the Chuck and the Chocolate Factory. Like, I was a little unsure as yeah. what they expected to see. I guess to, to be fair, being the Rainbow Bar and Grill, he should have like had a bottle of Jack Daniels in his hands or something, because that's how they were best. Remember him yeah, maybe have a couple of groupies on the floor, yeah. you know, he had the bass with him, they were playing Ace of Spades, you know, I don't know how you could hear it, but you know, you could just see from them playing. Oh, it could be like one of those sensitive things, every time you walk past him, he just like plays Ace of Spades or something. Speaking about more imagery, Black Sabbath, the Bill Ward drummer, the drummer from Black Sabbath had come out saying the artwork from their first album, they actually didn't uh, agree on the inverted cross, that was actually from Vertigo, and that was a ploy for commercial taste, uh, for obviously commercialism, but they reckon it was in bad taste. Does that surprise you, Danny? Well, they may say it's in bad taste, but they've really used it a lot since then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, you, what your problem is, man. Um, yeah, they, they would have seen... I mean, that's brilliant marketing from Vertigo. Yeah. They they took... Because the band liked the front cover artwork, and why wouldn't you, you know? Oh, they like a girl and a... I don't know, wasn't it a church or something? I don't yeah, know it's, it's, oh, it's brilliantly yeah. done, you know? It's, it, it actually gives you that feeling, you know? It would probably inspire plenty of black metal band. Yeah, and so with the Inverted Cross, ironically enough. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because they have, like, Tony Omi, his uh, fretboards has the inverted cross and part of it. They stage now has it. Stage, they wear it around the neck. Oh, it's just like, well, yeah. Okay, it's kind of like when Kiss said they wanted to be like a serious death, me- like death 
metal angry band and they wore the makeup for to make themselves look angry and stuff but then when they found out all the kids and families liked them they didn't they didn't change it did they they thought oh this is actually working for us and i want to be rich so yeah we'll keep this marketing tool yeah yeah it works out for them as well uh, speaking about well something must be going really well with marketing with the arch enemy camp because they just uh been asked to appear at a, a festival called heavy scotland now this is headed by caitlin elliott uh now caitlin elliott was very impressed and they're incredibly proud to have arch enemy on there danny well, why not? Our champion coming from strength to strength. I mean, they've got the uh, skills of one Jeff Alumis. Oh, the mighty, Im- <sighs> faultless. You know, it's like, just cannot wait to hear what these guys are going to do together. Yeah, but unfortunately, a certain uh, heavy metal publisher did a top 100 uh, greatest rock metal guitarist of all time, and uh, Jeff Loomis wasn't even in the top 50. Yeah, see, here's the thing about modern... Uh, oh, we, talk- we talked about this last week, about modern metal journalism, and you know, it, it doesn't exist, you know, for not to acknowledge the most amazingly talented, uh, diverse, oh, just a juggernaut of being able to write great songs and... Uh, and shred better than this is the thing. You can be a guitarist, you can shred, but be a songwriter as well, and be strong at both is just so rare. And to be off the mark, uh, yeah, that's why you come see listen to Super Metal Brothers instead. I'd imagine. Yeah, you get an informed decision. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Matthew has a sign posted Jeff Loomis above our head as we speak. That has nothing to do with what he's saying now. Signs. Signs indeed with Bon Jovi. This house is not for sale. Their new song. Apparently, literally, the lead singer John Bon Jovi saw a big old mansion and the bottom half of the house had roots in it or something. And he's like, I have to write a song about this. Danny, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm. Are Bon Jovi just writing songs now for movies? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, I guess, again, when you've been around for so long, what can you less write about? Like, Simpsons, how many more episodes can you do where you're not repeating yourself? So now he's just like on his car ride back home from like wherever he goes to because he doesn't have a job. Looks out the window and goes, yeah, I'm going to write about a fence post today. Yeah. Oh, it just post. seems like everything he writes manages, like, it's my life, you know, cowboy, all that kind of stuff, like living on a prayer. These songs just are so iconic and being in part of our, our heritage growing up. And I'm just thinking now, they're like, you know what, we're just going to cut the middle, man, and just write straight to them. It, yeah, it could be like maybe like Disney and Paramount Pictures write movies around his songs. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a song we really want to use. We haven't got a movie yet. What can we do? I would not be surprised next Disney feature with Hannah Mon's Skanker or whatever. <laughs> it comes out with him going, and straight out with uh, this broad is not for sale maybe who knows yeah some sort of treehouse movie here Uh, you know what Uh, we're going to finish it off with a couple of stories Uh, talking about metal injection WWE stars and their favourite metal bands Danny yeah I mean we've always we actually talked about this on a podcast in a time when life made more sense and Triple H was talking about how he really wanted to get a metal mixed in with the wrestling and because uh, you know he's a massive Motorhead fan he's come out to them yeah CM Punk with Kill Switch so yeah so Metalhead's in a metal it's not that uncommon well the thing was though the people who they interviewed they probably shouldn't have interviewed some more because out yeah. of the heaviest that the bands were saying The Miz actually was the heaviest out of all the five that were interviewed and he mm. actually said Avenged Sevenfold Bullet for My Valentine and our favourite that we reviewed last week Volbeat and this this is a grey man, isn't it, Matt? Like they spoke to, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. But, <laughs> oh, his, sorry, but you know what? It. His missus is incredibly good at wrestling. Her interest is very, very good. She goes through the ropes incredibly well. Yeah. And when she stands on the top turnbuckle, uh, it's just great, really. She's a very good wrestler. No idea what that has to do with the question, Matt. I really don't know how. Right. <laughs> yeah. Metal bands like Volby, attractive women will have sex ah, with you. Ah, now it makes sense. <laughs> one plus one does equal windows. All right, guys. And we're going to finish on our news thing with a bit of a downer. Uh, Norman Killing has died, the previous drummer from Threat Signal at the age of 39. Now, he featured on the album Vigilance, which was actually a not a bad album. It was, uh, almost, it was their second album after their incredibly strong under reprisal album. And our condolences go with uh, his family and his loved ones. Yeah, and all the fans as well. Just um, yeah, wish him all the best in this time. 
Let's jump into the editorial of the week. This is the one thing that the Metal Brothers tackle. It's a big story that's come out or just something that we've seen and we think you guys need to hear us talk about it for 25 minutes, Danny. Yeah, we get some cheap laughs. It's always an important thing as well. Easy, easy laughs. Easy laughs. Incredibly easy. And speaking about incredibly easy, let's talk sex on the Super Metal broadcast with sex at festivals, Danny. Wow. I don't know what that is, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you what it is. Now, have you ever thought to yourself, what festival music festival genre has the most sex in it well no yeah nor have i yeah, i really haven't normally but, when i go to gigs i'm always just there i'm fucking music man it's <laughs> for music man you'd like to know well if you do want to know british sex toy makers love honey oh it's catchy it's gonna catch off with the kids wait, that one wait british toy sex, sex toy ma- makers say sex toy really? makers love love honey yeah right. now they've done the research they've interviewed a thousand festival goers oh, a thousand festival goers are they all Customers from them as well. Is that part of the survey when you buy like a vibrator? What metal gig do you go to? Yeah. What you go to? Oh, that's interesting. Survey. Did you use this product? I don't, what would you rate it? That's right. <laughs> what bands would you suggest to use it with? Um, oh, maybe it's part of the new like a collection where you can link your iPhone up to it, so like the thing vibrates to you, like your beat of your. Oh songs. my god! You see, yeah. girls convulsing down the street with kettlebell corpse. Oh my god! <laughs> Imagine I'm in sugar or something. They're like, like they're stuttering all the time. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh well, uh, we, we don't. That's done. <laughs> yeah. Now, we, now look. Let's let's talk statistics. All right, guys. So, off the top of your head, Danny, where do you think metal fits on this list of metal and festivals? People having sex at metal festivals. I wouldn't think it'd be high. From what I've been to, most mostly dudes, man. Not saying you know, the gay stuff, but they're mostly dudes. So the odds of you hooking up with a chick. Oh, it's, it's, it's a little bit lower. And to be fair, metal fans are all about the music, man. That's right. So as Daniel was saying, he's alluded to, it was actually featured lower. In fact, one, two, three, four, five, six. 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 It that's, was six and eight percent. Uh, number one, no one surprised R&B at a whopping 25%. Uh, but let's be honest, Danny, r and is good for really two things. One it's really good about talking about materialistic stuff like chains and cars that you can never afford. Yeah, and, hose. and two, it's about giving your par- uh, basically your best friend partner's flashier because that's what it does its best. Yeah, so maybe it's not really like they're having sex because they think, why not? Maybe like the, the song lyrics about instructional things. So the crowd is like listening to the singer. Like, oh, yeah. So first I... I did my moves and I zipped down. Ah, oh, so that's why. See, the problem with this is that Metal Sucks kind of sold this story to everyone. Like, oh, that's because metal heads need more sex. But I will argue that it's not the, the how much you have of it, but it's how you do it. Now, I reckon those 8% of people having sex at metal concerts yeah. are doing it far better than the 25% of, oh, I'm going to rub you, girl. I'm going to hug. Yeah. Oh, that's it. No, you want to jack him. You want to be like, don't you bite you, bite your pussy. You want to leave like a crevice in the ground, man. It's like, yeah. So I got to be honest. I, um, no, because like you were saying, Danny, people who are going to go to metal concerts are doing one thing and that's going to, well, hopefully they're doing the one thing. They're actually going to be doing it, you know, making sure they're uh, listening to the music. But, you know, if they enjoy it so much and they just need to let their partner know their feelings about it and express it through the horizontal monster mash, they can do that too. I love that song. Now, where do you think these people are having sex though? Where do you think that the lovemaking of a metal or R&B kind is happening? Yeah, I mean, it's tricky, I guess, like going to concert. These these festivals, aren't they? So generally outdoors, I guess, in nature. I always say in the woods, like behind a tree. Behind a tree. Yeah. Well, funny enough, that actually didn't even make it. What? Really? Actually, a quiet spot in the field came forth. A quiet spot in the field? <laughs> Not the noisy spot. I'm like, damn, these vultures. <laughs> How big is this festival? He's like, oh, yeah, that's that's the making out field. That's the I'm taking a dump field. Yeah, that's the I'm murder field. I mean, that's the um, park your car. 
<laughs> field. Yeah. yeah, you got to uh, tents, which are kind of cool. You know, that's number one, having a tent. It makes sense because after a big yeah. or in the morning, you might want to wake up and your broski's next to you. You've shared a, a good, you know, headbang with them. Maybe you want to bang something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, cars and campervans did it. And a yurt came fifth. What is a yurt? Yeah, I, I really don't know what a yurt is. Did you look it up? Uh, I couldn't be. I, I, I found it funnier to not look it up and kind of assume what it might be. Maybe it's a boat. Maybe they kind of like pulled up a boat on a tent and they just kind of leave it there to have people have sex with. Uh, maybe like years like a rap thing because like R&B is like the number one uh, what's that number one place to have sex to so maybe a yerk is a rap term that actually just means like car but no one else can bother like us look up the, what the definition is. Yeah I agree but uh, more importantly what came what sparked my interest more is that people are more likely to have sex in the crowd than in a toilet. Now I <laughs> <laughs> toilet? so you're more unlikely to bump someone who's bumping uglies than you are to bump it in the toilet. So Make it what you mean, but um, I guess that we've, we've warned you, if you're going to see the next R&B da- download festival and that, just know that you're going to get some love juice on you. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to have sex in the toilet, you're probably going to catch more STDs than you have sex with your random strangers. So uh, for health reasons, it's actually probably better not to have sex in the toilet. No, I reckon you should because it will oh, neutralize okay. it. Because what will happen is there's so much STDs <laughs> going on that they'll combat each other like Lord of the Rings and it'll be like Mordor and Bordor and like... Nothing will happen. As I said, when Mr. Burns was getting his like, medical and all those germs trying to fit through the door... <laughs> Move it, shut ahead. Actually, and while we're distracted, I have found out what a yurk is. Oh, here we go. Y U R T for those kids playing at home. It literally is just another type of tent. So those morons who don't know what a tent is or don't know what a yurk is, it's the same freaking answer. So, so number one's tent, number five's tent, which is a yurk, and then yeah. they've got dance tent, which is so basically. Oh, see, these RB guys are morons. So <laughs> I, I think they filled out the question probably. They probably answer like. Do you have sex? And wrote M for like male or F for female. And they're like, oh, they filled in that box. Must mean yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there you go, guys. You're welcome. Go to metal festivals and you're going to get pregnant, even if you're a guy. Congratulations. Yeah, it's the magic of the music, really. <laughs> on to our feature presentation for tonight, Danny. We are talking the latest release from Nails, You'll Never Be One of Us. This band was formed in 2009. They have since had three full-length albums, two EPs. And as of June 14, they actually did sign to Nuclear Blast. Uh, we're actually reviewing their third album. And funny enough, uh, the band has actually announced a hiatus after cancelling the European tour in 2016 in July. I- I'd imagine because after listening to this album, they were so angry they couldn't even stand each other's presence anymore. I've got things to I mean, to say they've released three full-length albums, I think that's, that's, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I'm like... This album we're looking over tonight, yep. 22 minutes. Oh. That's an album with 10 songs. They should be selling that at half price, full stop. It's, like, it's always a half price sale with the CD. Uh, I did think I picked it up for a cheaper than I normally would have at Utopia Records in Sydney, yeah. but I can't honestly say how much cheaper it was. However, quality over quantity, Danny. Well, you could say that, but they've only released what, three full length. I'm doing air quotes, people. Three they full can't see you, Danny. Yeah, I know. That's why I had to tell them. Air quotes. <laughs> so three full length albums and two piece. That technically gives them, what, an hour and 10 minutes. That mm. technically gives them a concert. So they finally have enough material to tour and then they stop. It's like, well, yeah. that's a weird way of looking at it. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the album by uh, the Super Metal Brothers Review podcast. I really can't emphasize how short this anthem is and how 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 angry I get and how short this album is. Is this what I'm thinking, Danny? Is this time for it? This is time for everybody. Drum roll. Ladies and gentlemen, here is tonight's top 10. Take us off, David. Daniel Marotti Letterman. Yeah, well, he's not in the air, so he can't sue me. Okay. 
Everyone, top 10 things longer than the new Nails album. Number 10, OJ Simpson's Car Chase. Number 9, Blinking. Number 8, Waiting for a Hipster to Order a Coffee. 7, A Sun O Intro. 6, Making Two Minute Noodles. 5, A Lazurik Replying to a Question. 4, Opening up a new box of barbecue shapes, the new flavor, eating them, and then writing a complaint letter. Number three, popping a CD into the CD player. Number two, five Taylor Swift relationships. And the number one top ten thing longer than a new hour Nails album is reading this top ten list. Thank you. Play me out, Paul. So basically, we had to write a whole entire skit about how short this album is. I'm talking like a hug from Harrenby short, Danny. <laughs> Until you <laughs> rise this material. <laughs> Until someone comes along and has a blast, I guess. I guess so. But we're going to tell you how we review albums because in this particular case, we can probably almost put all five together, but we're going to tell you anyway. I think this has already gone longer than the album. Okay? <laughs> Number 11. Um, riffs, vocals, diversity, groove, and production. These five elements are what we basically categorize all albums. And if they got, if they tick all this, it's a good album, you know. And a good album is what it sets out to do, and that's all it has to do, you know, and do it well. Okay. So let's talk about this album with its riffs, Danny. What did you think from Todd Jones, John Giannelli, and Taylor Young? What did you think? Yeah, it's actually a three-piece band, which is very surprising because they they do have a big sound and. Yes, they do have riffs. I mean, th- this is Whoa. one thing you get from this album is that they will smash you in the face with these riffs. They will rattle your nails out of your hardwood timber floorboards. And yeah. that's probably where they're getting their nails from. They're like, where do all these freaking nails come from? And that's where they got the nails from. Brilliant, Tommy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, listen, the uh, riffs... I mean, if you've never heard the album or whatever, I'm going to take it for you this way. Mm. Imagine all the angriest riffs you've heard from different metal bands, whether it be thrash bands like Slayer or death metal bands like Cryptopsy or or even like a groove metal bands like Chimera. Imagine the most angriest sounds that they've ever produced on their guitars and the guys from Nails have just taken every single one of that and dialed it up to 11. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're just so strong and aggressive with it. the whole tone of the album is just very aggressive a short sharp and shy is kind of what they play with but in the same time the riffs are great but because like you have, you have three songs or four songs under a minute so you, you can't even really get into the riff they'll, they'll play it against a really chunky riff and then it'll stop like oh what are you doing yeah it's almost like what they did was take the best heaviest sections out of a song they would have written and just gotten rid of anything else that wasn't doing the honor of creating an absolute violent experience. Um, they've just gotten, like Dean was saying, the minute of it and love it or hate it, uh, it is incredibly heart-pounding, knuckle-dragging, steak-eating brutality for those minutes, so Danny. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you got songs like Savage and Tolerance, which track six is great, great heavy riffs. And they're nice little cool, like, Guitar so, uh, riffs in there as well, and even like the I guess the title track, you would never be one of us. It's just really brutal, man. Like, oh, tough, that tough w- they build it all up and then they kick into it right halfway through the song, you know. Um, but even stuff like Violence is Forever, what a groovy intro! It's just so dancey, and songs like Pestilence, which sound like a cryptoxy uh, kind of riff, you know, it's exactly like like Stevie Wonder on Acid. You're know, sure he doesn't know where he's going, but he's having a hell of a time getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. That's, that's, that's a different one, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's not a blind reference, is it? No. Uh, no, no, not at all. You know, even like some of the metal like death influences, maybe either, you know, they did it or not, or subconsciously or subconsciously. Savage Intolerance, you know, these chromatic lines with these grooves that kind of kick in between each other. But all the way, they're just crushing Oh my god, it's it's like cornflakes, really. I mean, it's uh, sorry, no, better than cornflakes. It's like honey nut crunch. The mm. cornflakes that are on ice, you know, on, or like that is, it's just better. You just keep eating it, and you get after a minute, you just you know loved it. Yeah, I mean, they do well as well. Like I guess because they're pretty much intense from the start of the song, but for them, how they kick it up a notch, if I will, they just add in the double kick, man. So they go with the drum beat and then they just double, and, they double oh. and that builds up their tension. But because they've got nowhere else to go, they just end the song. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's got that, basically the riffs do one thing and it's portraying a very hard emotion, which we'll get onto, you know. So I'm, I really dug the riffs on this album, you know, even albeit they are short and very short-lived, sorry. Oh, I, I, these riffs I can listen to all day. Yeah, look, if you don't, if you don't like it, they pretty much, each song, because they're so short, they'll pretty much have just one really tough riff per song so if yeah. you just don't like it we just press skip and then you'll hear the next one but so if you do like the riff you have to put on repeat because you won't hear much of it yeah well, we'll move on to vocals and we'll talk about riffs a little bit later on with the production stuff but let's talk about the vocals Danny what is it what are these vocals yeah I've, I literally put one word down and that's angry yeah just an angry angry man it's basically gritty it's raw it's disgusting it's putrid and I Absolutely love it. This guy must be so... I would do a case study like David Attenborough to find out where in his life influenced his style of writing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think he works at the kindergarten. No. <laughs> I think, I think Retail, hospitality, uh, anywhere people are even a stone's throw away, they're mostly going to get a stone thrown at them. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, even like the lyrics, you can just pick up a lot of like just F-bombs and just even the titles, you know, violence is forever and stuff. I guess you just you just feel like there's, there's something in this guy's uh, past or something there. Yeah, he, he basically attacks the album with his voice the same way the distortion is on the album. It goes yeah. full on and it doesn't stop and it is just it just shreds. Like the guitars, that distortion just shreds right through the production and so does the vocals. It's the same thing. It's just pure hatred. Yeah, they put like a distortion feel to his vocals, kind of like he's yelling through like a, you know when you go to like a Macca's or a Homer Jack's drive-thru and yelling through that like... Um, the order box it has that sound to it like it's that distorted gritty sound to it yeah look even the lyrical themes it, it really suits it it's basically to sum it up for you it's just like life really is just a pile of turds and we're all eating from a toilet charming that's, I know I think that's on a Hallmark card again though this is the thing you know that sound it's basically like the riffs it's going to appeal to the hardcore metalheads or anyone who's just really really frustrated still in metal though I don't see that. even if you're really like angry that day I don't even see you getting into this <laughs> You know, unless you're into metal and you need something really, really heavy on that day. Yeah. yeah so we'll sure. move on to diversity. Danny, we can almost move off of it. What do you think? Well, there is and there isn't. I mean, yeah. there is and there isn't. I mean, like most of the things are just like balls to the wall, go nuts until the song finishes in like in the blinks time. Like number number nine blinking is longer, remember? Yeah. So, so that's pretty much there. Oh, but you do have some different riffs in songs. Like you have some pan Pantera type feels in some of the songs. Yep. It gets a bit groovy. Yep. You actually have a, two songs in there, which are one's a three and a half minute song. And, one's, and the last track, the 10 number 10 track, is like an eight minute song where they do change it up a bit, where they slow it down a bit and they do tempo changes. And they do like little bass fills and, and different fills. So like they, they, they change up a bit, but 
What I liked about it, though, when they do change it up, like I was saying at the start of this review, they steal from a lot of bands or either consciously or subconsciously. What they do is get the best out of it, though. So even when it's at its thrashiest, it's very, very cool. When it's at its darkest and those grooves, those sludgeries, like the last track, like that kind of black medley feel, again, it's done well. They're not they're not picking riffs or songs or singing over it lazily, even though it's a minute long. They've got like the best of the best going on here. Yeah, they, I mean, that's, that's true. They try to just make it full of like solid risk, but the problem is because the song is so short, you just can't develop a story or develop a feel to the song because it just it just builds up and that's it. It just builds up and that's it. Yeah, so, I'd imagine yeah. He, the guy hearing you say that would be like, yeah, screw that. He that's, he, His middle yeah. finger would be raised to everything. It's raised to songs. It's raised to lyrics. It's raised to people. And I think people will generally, like you were saying, Dave, this is not for a musician, this album. This is for someone who is angry and needs a release. Yeah. Yeah, that's if you just want to really blast something loud and piss off your neighbors a person next to you in the car like just, just oh like and this is where it comes to the groove oh. of the album what does this album do when you put it on danny how does it make you feel as a listener yeah my neck hurts and my forehead hurts because oh. i keep headbutting the steering wheel so. people drive past and wonder why i keep raising horns at them i will just go past and driving in my red car and just like like that and just people look at me like you're a retard like why do they give the handicap like license <laughs> but i'm like you just don't get it and uh i've raised i've raised horns to kids now i've raised horns to just hearing these riffs in my head played back i'm just like pumped and i can oh i just love it it just gives me that release it's like a drug almost yeah i mean when they and then when they chuck in like the double kicks with it or they do like it really does give you like a cool groove like yeah to do, like it does make you want to bump your head and jump around and it does have a groove to it. Again, there has other parts where they do like the Pantera Gojira type riffs in there. And they like things which are a bit more subdued, I guess you could say. And there's still things you can like groove along to. So, look, they can write a good lyric, I mean, a good riff, sorry, and they can uh, make it sound great. It's just, oh, when you're made to make you fall, when you hear that intro, I mean, you will honestly regret the decision of putting a windshield in your car because your erection's going to skyrocket to the moon. Honestly, your hair on your nuts is going to grow hair on your nuts. Yeah, Rexford Scrooge to me. Are you from Congo? Oh, absolutely. I just, I can't downplay how much this album achieves the effect of someone who is so angry and just needs a way of writing out. And I think that can help people through life. Yeah, I mean, it's, but then you have some songs that are just pure thrash for the whole minute and a half they play. Yeah. So you don't get any groove to that. So yeah, it's just, it's just a release. It's. Uh, and that's the thing about it, you know, the groove section is just going to make you get a nail on your face and you're going to have a sore right hand from doing one or two things, punching your steering wheel or punching your little one. By little yeah. one, he means your penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, don't punch your kids. It's bad. That's, don't. Yeah, that's right. See, my brother Matt did not condone you, no, pun- no. He, Matt, Matt, you punching your kids. Matt likes aggressive sex, so he just... um. Oh, absolutely, with myself mostly. But that's another story for another time. Danny, let's talk the overall leaving us of this album the production what would you rate it did you hate it why well if i can count song lengths as part of the production i'm i'm very frustrated by this because again songs they shouldn't be that short because again like as i said numerous times numerous times tonight you can't you can't get into a song when it when it's done within a minute that's ridiculous you have intros like songs which go along in that it's is the opposite from what I reviewed with Danny last week with Volbeat. So I would, and this is where one of you, you're going to like one, this is now you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to like one Super Mario Brother over the other. Um, basically for me, I would listen to 22 minutes of this every day of the week and the 55 minutes of trouser hugging 
um, predictability almost that came with Volbeat in the sense that this album isn't afraid to uh, just give it one emotion and it's it's unapologetic, it's raw, and it's not afraid to smash a boss in the face and call him a joke. It's just violence, Danny. Yeah, I mean, I guess we go back to production. Like Matthew's very color commentary, so he's appreciative. Yes, <laughs> I got on the ten. This album makes me feel it. things like I've never felt before. <laughs> I just don't feel that way about oh my loved ones. Almost <laughs> sorry, Super Mario Brothers. Dan. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. Cause I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to feel that type of love, man. That, that's how you create the sound is feeling that type of love, you know. But I guess going back to the production, they have it's pretty much just a raw, gritty sound. Yeah, they haven't spent too much time with uh, making it sound pretty. Yeah, it's basically recorded in a hallway through yeah. a sock of a stocking that was watered down by Santa the molesting rabbit. Santa the molesting rabbit. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. You have to like bleed into tooth fairy there as well somehow. Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the tooth fairy got molested by Santa, so he's not here anymore. Oh, or she. Oh, yeah, oh. it has a gentle identity problem. The uh, after it got raped from Santa, it doesn't really know what it is anymore. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. That's that. That's. Man, you go, this one really makes you angry, man. You go, <laughs> I know. I just feel so great just talking about this album. It's oh. so good. I will honestly put this album high on my list, but as you can tell by Danny. And his uh, criticisms aren't withstanding. This album isn't going to do it for you if you're out for an album that is a bit more storytelling, a bit more thought provoking, a bit more of an emotional roller coaster. This album has none of it. Nah, I, I just like how like, the last track, like track ten, is eight minutes. I have a feeling that when they went to like get it recorded and mastered, the guys were like, "You do realize that you've only paid for like ten tracks, you know?" <laughs> and like, oh, you know, it's cool. No, 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 the last tracks, yeah, eight minutes long. Yeah, we're not doing like four one-minute songs anymore. It's a eight-minute-long track. Yeah, thanks. yeah, it's a testament to them having the hiatus. I think. I think they wrote an album so angry that they couldn't play these songs live without the fear of hurting each other anymore. It's it's an anomaly. Yeah, it must be. Oh, this is like a complete opposite. Backstage, like just so like reserved and quiet that they wouldn't even like hurt a fly, and then oh. just gets their like split personalities on stage. It's like ah, kill. Yeah, so in all in all, though, uh, all these parts together, all this blissfulness, I wouldn't re-listen to this album every day of my life. Let's be honest. Uh, it is 20 minutes long, and it does one thing really, really well. But when I've had that rough day at the office, or I'm going to work and I really don't want to, you know, or if I've had kids and I have to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and go back to work and work 18 hours a day, this album would be just something I'd go to. No, it's great. Like, if you see like Jehovah Witnesses coming up to your house and you do really don't want oh. to deal with them, just play this and they'll, they'll run off. So If you don't want people to be in your life anymore, just play this and they'll think you're some sort of crazy Satan-worshipping yeah. tree. And they're probably right, yeah. but, you know, good for you. And the best thing you the way they're long to get into a chunky riff is like you just brought on this chunky riff. So yeah. They, they, yeah they, oh, wait, wait. This is a two-minute intro. Just wait for the intro and then you'll realize how much I hate you. Nah, yeah, there's no chance of like Dream Theater where you got to fast forward at seven minutes to hear that great riff play for 30 seconds and you're going to listen to one riff that's played for you know 20 minutes and you might not even like it necessarily. Yeah. This album gets one great riff, plays it for as long as it needs, goes to the next song. Yeah, so... Yeah, so if you like that stuff, then go for it. Yeah, man. if you yeah. are a, a heavy guy or girl and you need a song that just makes you release your anger, oh my gosh, just buy the album. It's probably not that expensive and yeah. your therapy bills will thank you for it. Or <laughs> yeah. your, 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 your personal belongings and items won't. They'll be dead or yeah, broken. That's right. But oh, I, I just love talking about this album. I just, oh my God, I'm just, wow. That's great, man. Is that so funny? So when I was getting into now, I was like, this is the first time I heard them this week and then, I would think, oh, you go on YouTube and check it out. And they've got like a couple of film clips. You know, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll check out the film clip. And yeah. it's after Tire Track, you know, you'll never be one of us. Okay, I'll play it. It's like only a minute 20. I thought, oh, maybe maybe it's like a, a like a preview film clip. So this is just uh, something to get your taste buds going. 
Then you just scroll down and all their film clips are in a minute. And I don't even make sense. Why, why is it just a bit? Do they just purposely do preview film clips? Like, yeah. No. They're just smart businessmen and they realize it's a lot cheaper to make a one-minute film clip than a three-minute film clip. And bless their hearts for doing it. I want to see you guys get back together. If you guys need, I'm there for you guys. If you guys want to get together and have someone to punch, Super Mario Brothers Dan's there for you. <laughs> hey, and, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, bless it. Uh, please, if this sparks interest, please go out and buy the album because that's what would be good for everybody. Yeah, no, got any of uh, I guess going back to us being a bit selfish here, we have two bits of exciting news. I guess talking about the interview, we will clear or release the name of this great band. They are called Headbore. That's right. Headbore, great guys. We interviewed them just before, and we'll be bringing that over the weekend. So stick out there. No, that, oh, great, good, fine, uh, yeah, good interview. Yeah, it was a great interview, actually. And you got to see them live play at the New Dead Fest on the September the 10th. Now, that's played at Fowler's Live just off of uh, North Terrace, right across from the casino, Danny. Yeah, so there, week for you playing at home. And, but even more exciting news, which is coming even quicker this Sunday, Father, Father's Day, Father's Day, at the uh, Gold Governor Highmarsh, uh, Army, the Australian Rock Bell Institute, are having their Evolution show, which is pretty much like a, a gala of all the students playing great covers and great songs. Yep. 12 to 4, bring your dad down. It's the easiest thing you have to organise. Great Father's Day present. You will love it. Yours truly, Matt and Dan, will be our MC the, the night. The yeah, day. they've given us quite a lot of time to talk, so don't be afraid to uh, get up there and uh, share the moment with us. We'll uh, love to see everyone down there. We'll make sure we give you a shout-out. And, uh, yeah, a lot of fun to be had, Danny. Yeah, and no, it should be great. For all these people who don't really want to go to the show because it's too busy and blah, blah, blah. And there's no AFL on that weekend either. So and let's be honest, they don't play very good music there either. I mean, you can only hear that clown music for 20 seconds before you want to murder something. So. Exactly. And there's a raffle as well. So you don't even know your show. You get a prize coming as well. Oh, so and the Super Metal Brothers plus Christian and Connie, which we interviewed last week. And you can check that out on our podcast as well if you want to get a sense of what ARMY's all about. Great. So it should be a great... Great day. Great time had by all. I agree, Danny. What an amazing episode. 11 out of 10. Four stars out of... Four stars? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, four stars. Four yeah, stars yeah. out of three stars. Good job. Yeah, three stars. That's going lower. I have a yeah, great, great podcast. Uh, it's good to have you back on the show, Danny. Yeah, well... Thanks, man. My name's in the title. So. <laughs> it's good to be back on the show, mate. Thanks for the uh, making me feel welcome on the oh, show. Too. Oh, Matt, are you? Oh, you're here. Are you? Oh, I'm sorry. My back, my back's a bit sore. Oh, oh no. Well, oh, could this be the breaking? Uh, until next week, guys. I am Super Metal Brother Matt, and I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We've been the Super Metal Brothers. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll check you back here very soon. Take care, guys. Bye.